So I just binged the new Netflix teen comedy series. It's called Sex Education. And they really, they had me at Gillian Anderson because she's in it. But um, I was also intrigued by the fact that the show hired an intimacy coordinator to make sure that behavior on the set was top notch and everybody felt comfortable with the sex scenes they were doing. Her name is Ita Ita O'Brien, rather. And I reached out to her earlier on in the week and I had to start off by asking her what an intimacy coordinator does on a film set. So an intimacy coordinator is very akin to a stunt coordinator and I give the whole production a clear process and a structure in order to choreograph a sex scene safely and it allows for the script to be um, honoured, for the director's vision to be served and it keeps the actors safe in the process of, of agreeing how the, how the sex scene is going to be choreographed and then it means that they can just release themselves into knowing that there's been no surprises and they can act the socks off. So you have a background in theatre Yes, I've been in the business for over 35 years. Break it down for the average person that has no idea what it's like to be on a film set during a sex shoot. What was it like before and what is it like now when they work with someone like you? And we'll use the example of in sex education, who is a intimacy coordinator. So first of all, you know, a lot of bad practice was done by a director who just was uncomfortable in talking about the sexual content openly. Um, and very often a, a director would um, speak about what they wanted, then say to the two actors, you go and work it out for yourselves. They go away to their trailer or to some space on set, then suddenly you've got two individual people trying to work out, and there's that awkwardness. And, and again, because you haven't got that outside eye, you're not making sure that the storytelling is being served, that you're, that you're ending up sort of like being coerced and being pushed into um, agreeing to something that actually isn't quite right for you. One of my other aspects to the guidelines is focusing on being open and not vulnerable. You know, people say, oh, an actor has to be brave. It's like, yes, of course we want our actors to be brave, but the difference is you want someone to be able to be in agreement, you know, talking to the director, knowing what's asked of them, and they're being autonomous and being able to take themselves to that place as opposed to being vulnerable. And being vulnerable is those times that, you know, and something's happening to you that is not something you're not comfortable with, Does that, that you haven't agreed to. Can that extend to making a crew member, someone that's filming, feeling, well, I just saw something weird go down. Absolutely. Um, the onset medics have contacted me saying I'm about to start working on this um, particular job. I've just come off a job where there's been abusive sex and it's absolutely been traumatizing and triggering for people in the crew. Um, and, but there's been nothing put in place to make sure that people are taken care of and there's best practice and there's due care and due diligence put in place. Netflix hired you as the intimacy coordinator on their new teen series, Sex Education. It's British. It's very funny. And I understand you started by gathering the cast and crew for a day workshop on the guidelines that you created and what to expect on set Walk us through the day of filming the first sex scene. Before anybody started filming, we had done that day so that everybody knew what the structure was across the board. So then when it came to filming that scene, in sex education what worked really well is that we came to set an hour before they would start filming, speaking to the director, speaking with the actors about the clear shape of the scene, and then in rehearsal clothes then really clearly choreographing it so we agree touch. If someone's concerned about part of the body that they feel they're not comfortable with and they have that opportunity to say no. And this is a really important part of the process and historically actors have felt that whenever um, they might feel that they need to say no, that that'll mean they'll be troublemakers or, um, you know, somebody who's not really um, a proper actor 
sector and so feeling that they can never say no and in this process what is um what, what we're um, encouraging is a positive no so that um when you have that moment of agreement and consent so i'm inviting the no so that then everybody to can trust the yes and that's so important then we um, choreograph a scene really clearly so no ambiguity checking out you know how what was most comfortable where the camera angles were going to be and then rehearse that several times with dialogue and um reconnecting with the director making sure the um emotional content was clear because you've got some lovely comedy moments in there yep. um and then and then once all that was done and they were all happy with it they went away got into costume and then actually that scene ended up being shot quite um late in the day so then i came back on set with them by then of course then you're agreeing nudity so any time that you have um the inference of nakedness in a sex scene then you have genitalia patching patches and um obviously this is um pretending sex this is not what is a genitalia patch sorry i have to interrupt so and again, it's very important that you're looking to take care of your actors, so never ever should bear genitalia touch. So uh, with a lady, you have um, sort of like a, um, a genitalia covering. So it's sort of like a, um, a G-string that's had the, the straps cut off. Um, and for a gentleman, um, you have a genitalia covering, so you have a little sack that covers the, the, um, the testes and the penis. It sounds time-consuming, but actually, when it comes down to filming, working with an intimacy coordinator, working all the yeses and nos and trusting the yes and knowing where they can touch beforehand, and with the director present, does it speed up the actual filming of a sex scene? If you're making time for the rehearsal, then it means that when you get on set, one, that you're going to get a better sex scene, right. and two, it's more efficient and it's quicker. And the thing is, it's just the same as working with a stunt. You wouldn't dream of doing a stunt without rehearsing it. You know that you're going to rehearse. You know you need to make sure there's a risk assessment done there. You're going to put in place, if there's someone falls, you're going to have a crash mat. You know, if someone's going to be on their knees, you're going to have, you know, knee pads and all that kind of stuff. You've put, you have worked with your stunt coordinator to put all that in place. And then it means that um, when you come to filming, you know that everybody's safe, but you're going to get the action and you're going to get the, the emotion that you want. And that's exactly the same with this. We're speaking with Ido O'Brien. She is an intimacy coordinator, worked on the Netflix show. It's a great one. It's called Sex Education. If we can go back to the role of intimacy coordinator, how new is this role on set? And are we going to start seeing this in North America? Absolutely. Like I said, I've been um, developing these guidelines, my company's intimacy on set, and I'm working here in, in England, and I've also just actually shared the work across Australia and New Zealand. Um, it's been um, adopted and, and being used, obviously, with Netflix. I've worked for HBO and, um, uh, um, and Amazon. Um, and in America, HBO are working also with another company um, called Intimacy Directors International. And as you, um, I don't know if you've seen in the papers, HBO have have um, pledged that they will now not ever do a sex scene without employing an intimacy coordinator. How challenging is it to craft something like this, where the industry has been operating with zero guidelines for ever? It does take a bit of time, but the thing is that it's it's just it's just about rehearsing. You wouldn't dream of you know getting people on on set to do say a huge big waltz that then needs needs a dialogue in it without rehearsing it. And it's just people understanding actually there is a risk involved with intimacy, and we need to make sure. And it is a physical dance, and we need to have someone that understands physicality to to work efficiently, but can choreograph the sex scene in a really good way. And what's so lovely about this work is that it's a positive way forward. You know, with the Me Too and Times Up. I really appreciate your time today. Kelly, thank you so much. You take care. I said, what? She said, yeah. I said, no. Uber is ISIS. You know what ISIS mean? Oh, Uber is hey. ISIS. Oh, we ain't gonna be in no fire. Not today.
All right, before we get to Crescent's Cuts, Chris, have you seen that Netflix show, Sex Not Education? Not yet, no. It, G- Gillian Anderson is great. I mean, I she is so she's from the X Files, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Fall, she was amazing in The Fall as well. She can do anything. She's playing a uh, uh, sex therapist. Is she British in the show? Yeah, she's British. I think she's British, isn't no, she? No, she's uh, she's from the excited states of America, from I believe Chicago. Really, might have mm-hmm. made that up. Wow, she's convincing, and Good she's in all the British shows. And I know she's doing all kinds of British wow. stuff now. Does she live in London or she UK lives in London? Or? I believe I know she was in, of course, in Vancouver for a long time when she yeah. was shooting uh, X Files. But uh, yeah. how do you get better looking with age? I know she does. Like, look that great. is incredible. She take a lot of baths. I think I, 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 milk baths because yeah, I a bit of salt in there too. All right. Well, I know what I'm doing tonight with my time off. All <laughs> I right. know what I'm doing tonight. Star Trek Discovery oh. will be back on. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's coming for up the tonight. second season coming up tonight, and uh, one of the new characters that they're bringing onto the show is an old character. It's this guy Captain Christopher Pike. Who, oh, I remember Captain nerd Pike. Fans, he was the guy yeah. in the chair who yeah. beeped once for yes and two for no, I think. And it was, was like code. back in the days of Kirk, no? Exactly. Now before Kirk, now before in, in the real world, he was supposed to be, Jeffrey Hunter was supposed to play this Captain Pike on Star Trek, but the network said, hey, we don't like that guy, we don't like this story that you gave us. Go back to the drawing board and come back to it, but they shot a whole episode of it, a whole pilot episode, and I really liked what they gave us of this character, and he seemed deep and thoughtful and troubled and and a little bit flawed, but I'm worried that the new guy's too confident. I'm just going to play a little bit from the original pilot to give you an idea of how good of a character I think this could be, and I'm really worried that the new guys are going to ruin it. What's been on your mind, Chris? The fight on Rigel 7? Shouldn't it be? My own yeoman and two others dead, seven injured. Was there anything you personally could have done to prevent it? Oh, I should have smelled trouble when I saw the swords in the armor. Instead of that, I let myself get trapped in that deserted fortress and attacked by one of their warriors. Chris, you set standards for yourself no one could meet. You treat everyone on board like a human being except Mm. yourself. Well, now you're tired and you... You bet I'm tired. You bet. I'm tired of being responsible for 203 lives and... I'm tired of deciding which mission is too risky and which isn't, and who's going on the landing party and who doesn't, and who lives, and who dies. They you just walked me do down it. my memory lane of sleeping, oh, God. napping. I'm not kidding. Those were great to nap to, it's the old so Star Trek. So oh good. my gosh. It's like golf. Golf and old Star Trek. Put it on and have a nice nap. Okay, so have you got something oh, from the new character? Rush. No, forget the new guy. Oh, you're just worried about it. I'm worried about it. I want to let everyone know. So if he seems too cocky, don't say I didn't warn you. All right. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for that. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.